0: All elite! For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search cultaholic wrestling news on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
2: I remember coming out and i remember hearing the gas like oh, and i knew from that moment like yes i think i've
0: got something here what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island this is what i'm asking wrestling's best in the ring around the ring behind the scenes or behind a microphone i'm tom campbell thank you for joining me on cultaholic island for another episode of desert island grabs
2: I wish, I really wish there was more black female wrestlers at the time that I could look up to when I was five, six, seven years old that I could relate to. But it is what it is and it's not about looking at the past, it's about looking into the future and then being able to, for me now as a wrestler, to step up and be that person at the forefront to inspire other young black female talent.
0: How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm smashing, thank you. You've been on Twitch a bit lately. <laughs>
2: um well, I was with Mariah. Mariah um has a Twitch where she plays um Mario Kart. She does stuff like that. So I joined in, played a bit of Fortnite with, with her. It was really fun. Um, but yeah, I love Twitch. I'm always on Twitch, Twitch all the time. But I don't I don't stream, but I would love to on my
0: by myself. What's stopping you getting into it? Like, we're all in lockdown at the moment looking for stuff to do.
2: Probably expensive, that's why. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, to get everything together, it's a lot of money.
0: Oh, no. No, yeah. it, it depends kind of what you want to do. Like, f- I, I yeah. do a bit on Twitch and uh, I haven't invested in a microphone or a camera, and I've got an app that turns my iPhone into a camera. That saves me 300 quid off the bat. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. What would you be streaming like, if you were on there? See, I'll probably be streaming Fortnite
2: because I love Fortnite so much. Um, yeah, probably one of my favourite
0: games. Like, I just love it so much. What's, um, your, uh, what's your best kill on Fortnite?
2: I, well, when I played... Well, when I, when I, when I downloaded the new uh, update, I think it was just before the new season started, I got my first Victory Royale. It was like four kills with a win so it wasn't too bad all on my own um but if it was like rumble then i usually get like 20 kills which is quite good
0: for somebody who's <laughs> um that's that's good i, I i've i've tried it once never got into it for somebody if someone's listening today who hasn't uh, got into fortnite where's a good place for them to start playing it
2: yeah like if you want to get into how the game works like there's so many videos on twitch so many videos on twitch so many videos on youtube so, um, it's a really fun game. So, definitely, like, I love it. I love it so much. It's my home way from home, Fortnite is, I swear
0: to God. <laughs> We're sending you onto a desert island. I don't know about on my own, but. I mean, you you're know, in good whatever. company. There's, there's, there's quite a few noteworthy folk there on different parts of the island, and they've all done the same as you have, in which they've chosen three wrestling matches that they can watch whilst they are stranded on said desert island. So we're going to find out from you today what those three matches would be. What would your first match be, Chakara?
2: I think my first match would have to be... Uh, see, a good old classic, I think, Undertaker versus Kane in
0: the... The Inferno match, as far as I'm aware. Unforgiven 1998. The
1: Inferno match is something birthed in hell. It has never been witnessed and is difficult and frightening to envision. Two brothers will be surrounded in walls of fire and at least one man will ignite. Whether there's fire around the ring, fire in the ring, fire on me when you're looking up at your brother and your body is set on fire. It will truly be the beginning of your eternal damnation.
2: It was before I was born, but, you know, I love watching old school wrestling matches, and I think that's something that would really take your mind off being on your own in a deserted island, personally. (laughs) How did you stumble across
0: that match? Well...
2: See, it was just a network. It was a few years back. It was just like on a network. I, I, I like I, I, Undertaker, you see. So I was typing his name. Mm. And I saw his match. I was like, oh my god, this is actually incredible. Like, I actually want to watch this. <laughs> this like, I love Undertaker so much. I think he's so entertaining. He's so entertaining. I think he just brings a different, different sort of vibe, you know. And I just, it's just, it's just like, feel, feel like you're a kid, you know. Like, you feel like you just like, you feel like you're in your room day before school. Shouldn't be, on, shouldn't be on TV watching wrestling, but you are anyway. Sort of feeling. So that's what I, that's what that that's how I got stumbled over that
0: match. You had some wrestling fans in your house, didn't you, when you were growing up who got you into it? Was it your mum that got you into it?
2: My mum, yes, my mum was a huge fan.
0: Can you remember the first time you watched wrestling with your mum?
2: I think it was WrestleMania. Should, let me get it up, I don't remember WrestleMania. I think it was 2008. I think. Let me remember. i to see what the headline was though. If it was no, it must have been two thousand ten.
0: What was the what, was the what was the main event one?
2: Let me see. Let me see. I'm looking at the card now. Oh my god! Well, John <laughs> Cena was on it anyway. Okay. Yeah, John Cena was on it, and it was John Cena versus Batista. It looks like, like from twenty six. Yeah, I think I remember this one. It was CM Punk and Ray, I think. Good lady. It was man. so long ago.
0: WrestleMania
2: twenty six.
0: That's the one. It was in so, Arizona. So you watched? Did you watch that live with your mum?
2: Yeah, it was, I watched it live. I used to watch WrestleMania every year when I was like between the age of like eight to like fourteen. But just remembering my first one, I think but I think it was 2010 I first watched WrestleMania. I think it was this one with John Cena
0: and Batista in it, I think. So yeah. Like, you... It was so many. What was your initial reaction to it when your when your mum said, Hey, come watch the wrestling with me? What was your first reaction to it? <laughs> oh, I was so excited because like, I got to stay up late. <laughs>
2: but I was excited because um well my mum is was always a big fan of it, so it wasn't new to me in that sense. Was more of a okay, cool. Let me just sit down and actually understand what wrestling is about, sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think from watching that every year with my mum, it really gave me that sort of um inspiration to become one. I don't know what it's really weird, but um, I sort of took those matches I used to watch with my mum and then sort of do my own thing with it. So I used to watch a lot of TNA. And I used to watch a lot of that. And that's where that's where my sort of my first love for wrestling came from. Was actually TNA. Like by myself. So I used to love the beautiful people. I used to love you know Angelina. Um, I used to love Velvet Sky stuff like that. I used to love them. And uh, from there, was like yeah, I want to be a woman's wrestler. I can do it. And that's how it sort of just sort of just
0: grew and grew from there. Did you feel like you wanted like your own sort of wrestling thing? Then was TNA sort of your personal thing?
2: Loved it. I thought it was my favorite. Like my like there was so many different moments in the years that I watched TNA back in the day when it was actually TNA, not impact or TNA going into impact. And, um, I was like, one of the best times like the beautiful people were one of my favorite people when my favorite group stables and wrestling at the time like I loved it I didn't know any, anything else is just, just there every time I saw them on TV I was freaking out because I, I used to watch it on my YouTube on my phone and I used to just try and catch up with the highlights I used to sort of pick together I used to go on like I know it's bad but I used to go on like daily motion when I was like eight <laughs> nine ten years old trying to search up the full show all for like 144 hate um, p quality but you know made me happy So um, that was one of the – that was really cool for me to sort of grow up watching. Uh,
0: With – we'll go back into TNA, but with – you say like The Undertaker, how he was one of your favourites. Obviously, the first WrestleMania you watched, it was um, his big match with Shawn Michaels. Was it at that show that you fell in love with The Undertaker?
2: Yeah, well – i i was just like as when you're when you're young girl you're thinking oh my god look at this scary guy and i was like i was instead of me being scared i was like more mesmerized i was like who is this cool scary dude and like he's like you know we had the whole crowd there it's just the whole ambience of it all everyone's just silent or you see like smart the smartphones with their um, flashlights on and then you just see him and it's just like Looking back, and it, it's just so nostalgic. Uh, it's just amazing, and that's and that's uh, I, I, I don't know. It just changed how I looked at wrestling ever since. Just like him as as a character, as a personality in wrestling, like it's so
0: iconic. How did it change? What well, my outlook? Yeah, how did he change your outlook?
2: Uh, it changed my outlook because he was he wasn't like anybody else. In my opinion, from from the little I knew at the time of wrestling, he was just so left, so not your standard wrestler. Because whenever I thought of wrestling before, I thought you know, muscly guys, you know, tight shorts, you know, you know, boots, and that's it. You know, just like your wrestlers wrestler. And I saw him in the main event. I was like, oh, okay, like who's this guy? And he sort of drew me in. In that sense, he was he was just something different. And just even when he was like, you know, when he does his his pins at the end and he crosses that, the the arms over the body, like Mm. that was so cool to me. And even looking back at it now as a wrestler, I'm thinking what genius is that? Like, you know, he's, he's the dead man. He's the undertaker. And the way he pins his opponent sometimes is with the cross of the hands. And like, you know, when he does that sits up thing and everyone freaks out, that to me is amazing. It's just so much like just little details. Now, now as, as, as twenty-year-old thinking back in the day, like this is actually genius, and yeah, I so sort of maybe like enjoy wrestling
0: more because I saw I saw it more more of an arts than just a sport. Does that makes sense. How much um, would you say? Obviously, because whilst they're not the same sort of, they're not the same characters. They're both sort of buried in in mythology and in, in the roots. How much of the Undertaker would you say is is this inspired the goddess Chakara?
2: I think. I don't know about inspiration, but I definitely like the way I carry myself. Maybe in a sense, you know, like I like. So I, I know the Undertaker when he when he does his character when he's in character, he he is a hundred percent the Undertaker. He's there's, there's no any there's no little bit of Mark anywhere. It's just him, from what I think, from what I take from it. So when I, when I'm the God and Goddess, I sort of apply the same thing to that. Like I am just a God and Goddess. I am now this character. This is how I'm going to show myself to these people when i come out i'm no like i'm no longer chakara i'm just the golden goddess so i'm gonna be a bitch or i'm gonna be this person or i'm gonna chuck his hat i'm gonna dip my finger into his drink or i'm just gonna you know slag this person off and, and just be an oh so everyone hates me
0: in that sense. So that's why I, I,
2: I've come into a character, if anything else.
0: When you first watched uh, WrestleMania with your mum all those years ago, Golden Goddess was was very far in the future. What was your mum's reaction, though, when you said, I'd like to do this as a living, as a thing?
2: She said to me, I told her when I was like 10 or 11, like, mum, I'm going to be a wrestler. And she was like, yeah, yeah. Like, see, are you feeling like a couple of years going to come back to me? But then literally a couple of years I got back to her and she. I told her again, I was like, yeah, I want to be a wrestler. And she's like, all right, well, better start looking for, for classes then. And at the time there was none for my age group because I wasn't 16 yet. So therefore I went to karate classes thinking, oh, yeah, it's the same thing, you know, contact stuff, da-da-da. wasn't at all completely different. But, um, yeah, like I got to like a green belt in karate. And then when I turned 16, no, when I turned 15 or something like that, um, I went to the knuckle lock school and from then it's history
0: what was the, the you you have this but this green belt that kind of came about because you're pursuing a career in wrestling how was how did that help did did that help in any way when you moved over to knuckle locks not at all all right nothing <laughs> I don't know whether you would have learned something beyond that whether it was like conditioning or anything like that or whether there was anything you could carry on. no
2: like, like, I'm t- I'm not going to be that sort of person like, yeah, like, karate really did in spite it really did at the time. Like, I was. there for the time. Do you know what I mean? I thought I was going to be doing some slam, some choke, you know, stuff like that. Nothing at all. Because karate is it's a non-contact sport, I think. Non It's a non-contact martial art. And it's, it's, nothing, it's, it's not, it's not like BJJ, anything like that. So it was a lot of just, like, kicking the air and stuff. So whenever we did get to spa, I was all over it. But we did that every now and again so i really didn't
0: take much from it to be honest <laughs> did you did you let on to anybody um in that class that you had aspirations of being a wrestler and that's why you were there
2: i told a lot of people at school hmm. told a lot of people at school and they were like oh my god that's so weird i'm like whatever but everyone knew me as like the girl that just loved wrestling that was me like, I used to go to school with, like, listen to, listen to WWE. You know the albums they used to have on, on like, Apple Music? WWE like, The Music. Like, Randy Orton and Undertaker and Batista and all that stuff. Like, all their music. So, I used to listen to that going to go into school, thinking that I'm going to be in the ring one day. Um, but with karate, I only went. Only really went once a week. So, I didn't really have time to talk to anyone. Because literally, get in, get changed, get to class and leave. So, it wasn't really that opportunity to talk about it. But when it came to school, then definitely, yeah.
0: There's something about being a school kid and wanting to, to and aspiring to be a wrestler because you focus on things like, oh, what what my character would be, what my finisher would be. What was your theme music going to be?
2: My theme music?
0: Because you say like you listen to like the WWE albums on the way in and and, and I'll be yeah. I'm as guilty as anybody. Like as I was a kid, like in my head, I had a certain song that played that was that I was going to walk out to. And I wonder if you had a particular song that you're like, when I become a wrestler, that's going to be my theme music as a as a young kid. Do
2: you know what? When when I was looking for music as a wrestler, I found it hard. I didn't have a clue because I was having my first uh, match. I didn't know what music I wanted to have. And then I um and then so before wanting to be a wrestler, but well before actually pursuing the career as being a wrestler. I really didn't have an idea. Like there was some music that I liked, but I didn't know what I wanted to be as a wrestler. Like I didn't have any character. Like I'm not very creative in that sense. Like I never have been. So I haven't. I never really had a type of music. But I think the one when when I first became the Golden Goddess, however, I did want to have Katy Perry as my um, my theme song. It was. It's called. What what's what's the song called again? It's the one where she's Egyptian, which is which is handy um, for me.
0: Is it? Are you ready for a ready for perfect? No, it's not that one, is it? Yeah, that one. Oh, is it that one? That um, one. What's it called? That one. The uh, uh, dark, dark Horse. Dark Horse. There we go. I'm singing Bang, the song in my head it. to find the chorus. <laughs> yeah, it's like for I Dark Horse baby. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounds as well yeah i kind yeah, of prefer was. what you went for you went for sar b escalate which i think is a banger and it just suits oh, you down to brilliant. the ground okay.
2: yeah it's a brilliant song like i i found that i don't even know how i found that song to be honest i think i'm just touching up like majestic songs or like trap sort of songs like with a you know something like that anyway something crazy to find out and it worked out right, but I love I love my song, I do. I love it a lot, like I think it's a great song and I think it suits my um, character. Especially when you have like a really good venue as well. We've got the lights going and the music starts because a really long entrance before I even come out. I love it, really cool.
0: Golden Goddess is in construction at Knuckle Locks at the age of 15. Tell me something you learnt from your first day of wrestling training.
2: Well, I learnt I learned that bumps are very painful Especially your first one um but um i learned probably my very first day at knucklocks i probably learned how to be confident in myself um that's probably the main thing we didn't do too much that day it was more just you know very basic are you are you able to do this sort of career sort of um test um but I, I, we did hit the but did we did hit the um the ropes. so we did some bumps and stuff like that and i am telling you i was in pain the next day and i had school uh but i feel like i I feel like i I, at one point i was like nah i can't do this it's awful but obviously get used to it but probably the first day as it was sort of just getting used to being in the right in that environment you know being confident talking to people um and just um learning to get your head down um
0: that was probably what i took away from my very first
2: lesson at knuckle Or the proger at the
0: time. Who offered you advice on the first day that always stays with you as well?
2: On the first day of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what? Probably, and I, it, it wouldn't have been my trainer. Um but I would say like my mom I was really nervous, you see. So my mum came to me my first day. She was like, Don't give up, you got this. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. If you do want to do it, then work as hard as you can. So that stuck with me a lot.
0: And that's what I did. So did your mum watch your first day of
2: training? She she took me there and then she had to go back to work. But um she was there for with me until I actually got into the into
0: the building and got set up and ready and then she left. I can imagine that the, the butterflies must have been like pterodactyls in your mum's stomach, like leaving you to go and, and yeah. try it out for she the first She was more excited
2: than me. Oh, was she? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So she loves it, you see. I, I don't know what I was doing, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we want to talk a little bit more about uh, you breaking into the wrestling world, but before we do, we need to get to your second match. Uh, for your DVD. So we have Undertaker and Kane, the Inferno match from 1998, the one where uh, Paul Bearer got a drum on his head, if I remember correctly as well. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, but or your second match, what will yeah. your second match be?
2: It would have to be, so I was really looking, because when when you said about picking three matches, I was really looking and trying to open up the, you know, open up the memory book in my, in my mind. It would have to be The Beautiful People versus ODB and uh, Gail Kim. Uh, that was from TNA back in 08.
1: team number one from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Angelina Love, and her tag team partner from the Big Apple, Velvet Sky. Last week here on Impact, two of the beautiful people, TNA knockouts, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, well, they offered up a makeover for Roxy Laveau that, as you can see, turned very physical. Angelina and Velvet attack. The Voodoo Queen, backstage in the makeup room. Their opponent's first from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who? Oh, revisit what went down last week after gail kim defeated velvet sky well first it was awesome kong hitting the ring yeah there you see it the attack on gail kim and then when kong's associate raisha saeed used that knockout championship belt as a weapon it was odb to the rescue she made the save for gail kim swinging the steel chair Team partner from Tampa, Florida, Kim Kim. It was just moments ago when we heard Raisha Saeed refer to Neil Kim and ODB as swines. Swines whose plan failed at Destination X when Kong retained the TNA Knockout Title in the three-way match. Things far from over between these three and four if you add in Raisha Saeed because Awesome Kong has marked them for destruction, and she promises they will suffer her wrath.
2: Everything I loved about women wrestling at the time, and it was just brilliant, and ODB, someone that I believe is, doesn't get the credit she deserves. She's one of the best, like, I love her. Just her attitude, the way she was, her character, her gimmick, just the way she wrestled, she's one of the best, and I love her so much. So, um, yeah, that's probably my second match.
0: How did you discover TNA Wrestling in the first place? Because it's quite hard to find in the UK.
2: Uh, so I was given TNA because I was searching up Jeff Hardy <laughs> and Jeff Hardy obviously wrestled in TNA, um, as well as WWE. So obviously once I to Jeff, Jeff Hardy, then TNA came up and I was like, all right, what's TNA. And then from there, it just became like a, a like a, a little, um, a dark hole of wrestling. Just went down, down, down the spiral, finding all these matches, all these promotions. Um, but I think it was Jeff Hardy. And then, um, so, I watched them then from there, I backtracked on there, I watched a lot of their matches and fell in love with all these different people. Like, my finisher move um, is The Widow's Peak, which was inspired by Victoria, who was in TNA as well as WWE. But I didn't know Victoria um, in WWE, I knew her in TNA. So, that, that's why a lot of my stuff is inspired by TNA impact,
0: stuff like that. What is it why this match in particular from all the matches that you could have chosen featuring the beautiful beautiful people ODB and gay or Kim why this match in particular?
2: Uh, I think it was like the promo at the beginning I think it was probably one of my first probably one of our first memories as well of the beautiful people because I remember I remember ODB being there and I remember um, that at the time kind of knew it was around I think it was 08, I think I wrote it down before. It was 2008, so I sort of started around that time, like eight to ten years old. I remember backtracking a lot of those years, and I used to remember watching, you know, wake up in the morning, no, go in bed about ten o'clock, and watching wrestling till about six a.m. in the morning. So I was watching so much wrestling, and I remember this match would always something I used to go back on and loved. So probably because of my rate, probably because of my first memory of wrestling, um, women's wrestling anyway, and my my love for the beautiful people
0: how eye opening was it to go from WWE which had a lot of focus on, on a sort of sex appeal within the wrestling industry to somewhere like TNA which people forget this and I don't think TNA gets the love and the respect for this anymore where everybody talks about how uh, talks about this women's re- revolution in the WWE but TNA were doing that in 2008 like how how uh, for oh, you I'm how amazing kidding. was this to see
2: I, I I saw TNA as like the women wrestlers in TNA as equal like, they got they got in my, well in my opinion from what I remember as when I was younger they got a lot of time there was a lot of you know investment like the beautiful people were money back in the day in you know, DNA they were money they were they were it like we had like Madison Ray and um, Madison Rain you know Velvet Sky Angela Love then you had like ODB and ODB had that storyline of Eric Young that was brilliant like there's so much interconnections with different wrestlers it wasn't just women wrestlers and male wrestlers it was different things going on um and you know when you had all of that going on I just loved it, and obviously, Gail Kim as well. Gail Kim won the best wrestlers, um, to, like women wrestlers ever, I believe. I, I think Gail Kim's fantastic, and then her run as TNA Women's Champion was brilliant, as far as I remember. And it was just so many good memories. I, I, I never, I never, I never really believed that they weren't equal from looking at as on TV, and I felt like, um, they, I don't know, they were just really inspirational to me and i and i believe that if
0: they could do well, it and they go on tv and just want to take a little bit of time out from our with chat with shikara she'll be back in just a moment and, you know, on this episode of desert island grabs but since we're on well the well, island how about an audiobook to have in your ears Whilst you're sunning it up. Well, we've teamed up with Audible to sort you out a free wrestling audio book. And you've got quite the selection over at cultaholic.com forward slash Audible right now. Jim Ross from Under the Black Hat, read by Jim Ross. It is an amazing story that Jim Ross has had, and he tells it from his mouth and from his heart as well. Wrestling for My Life, which is the story of legend, reality, and the faith of Shawn Michaels. And this is an amazing comeback story from Shawn Michaels. I think any fan that knows his, knows his worth will know the story and the lifetime of Shawn Michaels. Hear it from the man himself. Dylan Hornswoggle Postle. Life is short and so am I. It is the life of Hornswoggle, uh, as read by Hornswoggle. You won't believe some of the stuff that Dylan Postle has got up to in the world of wrestling. It'll blow your mind, and you can hear about it uh, in his audiobook. The death of WCW is one of my favorites, only available from audible rd reynolds and brian alvarez sharing uh, the the unbelievable story of the rise and fall of wcw any of those right now they're free for you as a cultaholic subscriber go to cultaholic.com forward slash audible and sign up to audible for a free 30-day trial try out some 200,000 plus titles but if you don't feel like audible is for you after a couple of days or whatever you can cancel it absolutely fine but even if you cancel it the audiobook that you got through us you can keep forever it's nice that isn't it more details right now at cultaholic.com forward slash audible go take a look at what's what's there and have a free audiobook on us
2: of Brighton. The Pride of Brighton Championship. You tick all of those boxes don't you Cassius? You have that Brighton personality. You, you are the best candidate for this tournament aren't you Cassius? (laughs) See Cassius, your eyebrows are in tatters, your slut drops are weak. And there is nothing that you can do to stop me from becoming the first
0: Pride of Brighton champion. Let's construct the golden goddess. Are you a fan of Egyptian law?
2: I I did a lot of um in school. We did a lot in history before the before the GCSEs. We did a lot about the, the Egyptian stuff like that. And I love that. I remember going to the uh, museum with my school, I would learn a lot about the Egyptian era and stuff like that. And then when I, and then that, so that, that was a few years before I even got into wrestling. But it's still, it, I still remember it as one of my more memorable trips of school. I thought it was really fascinating. I thought I think history is fascinating anyway. Um, so when it when I came to a time to like you know I want to revamp my 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 look my um, you know my gimmick, I thought you know what the golden goddess you know like I was I was thinking about you know like. All these beautiful, you know, kings and queens from back in the day. That's that. That's like looking on Google. and I was looking at these inspiration, and I was looking at all right. What do I know from what do I know so far about you know Egyptians and you know their their history? And I remember the Tutu commune I remember that, and I remember going to school. And I remember looking at. Um, well, I went to the museum, and we went to this um this this uh sort of film thing we did as part of the the whole day it was about Tutu Khamen. and I loved it I thought it was a brilliant um day out and I, I, I went back to it, I was like I could I could sort of portray it with, with respect and you know with by putting on the symbols like the eye, the eye of Horus and then and um, putting on you know different things because I thought was I thought I think Egyptian history is amazing I think it's beautiful and like I would love to go to Egypt one day you know and I think um, I feel like I suited um, that sort of gimmick that I had in my head, you know, like with blonde hair, you know, and like in my skin. And I'll I have like the red and gold or the black and gold and gold really suits me anyway. So I really wanted to just like tap into that and just go from there.
0: If you were alive during uh, the ancient Egyptian era, what do you think you'd be doing?
2: What would I? That's, that's a bloody hard question, it's a isn't Good it? question that I asked. <laughs> just... See, I so I would want to be like a queen, or maybe like the king's the king's daughter or something like that. You know, so like I don't have too much stuff to do, but you all got to
0: respect me. What <laughs> I mean? <laughs> I can kick like back, but probably. you're gonna bow down to me.
2: <laughs> yeah and i would make sure that all women are treated equally and you know women's rights all day long and make sure all the men do all the dirty work i <laughs> but um now i'd probably just be like i want be a queen you know sit on my throne all day um but i make sure everyone is make sure everyone's equal there would be no sort of you know poverty or anything like that everyone eating as well as i am that's how sort of queen i would be a nice queen
0: I like it. I like it. It's reassuring to know should we ever invent time travel that you'll be all right. Um with what's been the re- what was the reaction initially when you sort of premiered the Golden Goddess to people?
2: Well, I debuted it at Progress Unboxing. I think it was like 2016, I'm not too sure. 2016, I think it was 2016 or 2017. 2017, I think. Yeah. And um I was nervous cause it was a new thing I was doing like no one like I didn't really I, I told I told a few people it was really down to the reaction and from there um it was very very exciting everyone knew me as well as just Chakara like I was just playing Jane Chakara I wasn't I didn't do anything else I was just I knew that I had to sort of bring it up now and bring myself up a notch So when I I remember coming out and I remember hearing the gas, like, and I knew from that moment, like, yes, like, I think, I think I've got something here. Like it's not, whether or not it's not the finalized product, I've got something that I could work on and I could work with. I remember seeing the tweets and I was like, Chikara looks great. Chikara's new gimmick, Chikara's new gear. I'm thinking, great. This is what I want. And now I can take ideas and take inspiration now and take advice to improve myself and become better as well.
0: Uh, Of all the places where we've seen, uh, Ch- uh, uh, chikara the golden goddess uh born like at revpro and eve and at um riptide and, and progress of course and resting resurgence where where do you think where have you got the most love uh f- f- for for the golden goddess
2: i think riptide then resurgence then progress in diff- different ways though um, so with Riptide, when I had my big match with Big Swole, um, I had my face turned there. I feel like before that match, a lot of people wanted me to turn, a lot of people wanted to cheer for me, but because I was still the bad guy, it wasn't the case. So when, when I had that story, that, that two-day thing with, with Big Swole, when I had that match with her, it really made me, made, it really brought me back to my first first of being a God and goddess and thinking, wow, I'm here now. Like, wow, like... This has been a journey, and now I've got people, you know, nearly pretty much in tears uh, uh, over the match. I had a big swell, and then, um, you know, the amount of love I got that night, I was crying in the ma- in the ring after my match, and it just felt like a different level. Like a, it felt like a new a new step in my Golden Goddess career. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I get it. Talk to us about that Matt. those those series of matches with Big Swole. Cause that's because uh, Big Swole, by this point had debuted for AEW, so she was on an international level. Was there any intimidation about being in there with somebody who was plying their trade in America?
2: See, I was nervous. I was really nervous. I was nervous because, you know, I don't want to do a bad job, but then, you know, she she goes back to America and be like, Chikara's absolute shite, ain't she? Bloody hell. Like, do you know what I mean? And um, I was just, I was, I wanted to just do the best I could possibly do. And I had a lot of pressure. I put pressure on myself to perform because obviously Riptide put a lot of trust in me to perform and do the best I can and represent Riptide and represent UK wrestling, you know? And um, I think I did a good job that day, those two days. The first match I had with Big Swall, I was really nervous, but she made me feel so comfortable. Like Big Swall was just... The most one of the most sweetest people you'll ever meet. And she's so nice. And she always, you know, she does message every now and again. She congratulated me on my PWA, um, which I do credit her for as well. Like, I don't, I, I believe that, that that match of her really did help me sort of level up a little bit. Um, and then my second match was really, really intense as well because it, we really had to bring it home and really tell the story as well as we can to make it like just put that full stop on it. And I believe that we did it. We did create some magic that night. And I think I'm forever indebted to her for that. She really did help me improve as a wrestler, as a person.
0: It, it shows sometimes the, the best stories are the most simple. Like those, the, 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 the ground swell of support for you at Rip the Tide during those matches. Like the first match happens and doesn't go your way. And then you have big swells saying, look, tonight you're going to get another shot. And I want to see the real you. And if I don't get it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your head in. And I, and it's that, yeah. that pride of work that comes through. And then that led to like Brighton, Brighton's, um, um, Brighton's Riptide promotion is, is something else. And cause I know you, you, you've done that and many other promotions, but I wanted to, to, to big up, uh, Riptide quite a bit because that's a really unique wrestling product they've got, isn't it?
2: It really is. It really is. They really taken something and made it into something where wrestling's for all people, no matter what gender you are, you are, no matter what you identify as, no matter if you're big, small, black, white, blue, purple, it doesn't matter, you're, you're welcome and you'll never feel out of place at Riptide.
0: You've uh, had an amazing groundswell of support yourself recently after the announcement of the PWI 500. Now, this is a unique year in the PWI. It's the first time that uh, men and women are being put in the same list together. And uh, if I've got this stat correct, you are the highest ranking British female in the list. Well or the only.
2: Yeah, I'm the, yeah, yeah, I think I'm the only as well.
0: By virtue of being the highest, you're the only. Like that's that's yeah, amazing. How so did you, when did you find out you were gonna make the the five hundred?
2: Well see I found out um I found out about a month before, but I didn't know when it was gonna be announced, I didn't know when it was coming out, nothing like that. I nor did I know that I was gonna be the only British female on it either. I didn't know at all until the day it came out on Twitter. So I was shocked. I was really shocked. Um, I was really surprised, but then again, I was really really proud of myself because it's a hard achievement to do, but it 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 doesn't take away from the fact that I wouldn't be where I am at without, without, without the people that I wrestled against, you know, and, you know, it was a really weird day for me because there's so many people that deserve to be on that list too and you know so for me to be on it, it was really crazy for me to and i always said to myself i would love to just be on the PWI five hundred list once i'd love to be because when i was younger i used to always look on wikipedia and look at and scroll down to the bottom and look at the accolades and achievements as PWI. I'm like oh my god i'd love to be on that one day that sounds really cool and i'm on it I'm like what's like why am i on it so <laughs> let me I, I was surprised but i was really
0: proud of myself that day i really was was there anybody that reached out to congratulate you that you were surprised reached out?
2: Um, it was so many Twitter mentions I couldn't even keep up, to be honest. But I just I just I felt the love that day regardless. And a lot of people DM'd me and said thank well, congratulations and obviously Big Swole DM'd me prior to the announcement anyway, but she said congratulations to me and stuff like that, a lot of promotions of companies and stuff like that came back to me it was really nice. It was a really really loving day.
0: It's it shows a real turning point that we're now at a point. And it seems weird that it's taken this long, that we've got men and women in the same PWI 500. And it's it's a shame that it's taken this long to happen. There's been some big changes in general uh, to wrestling and British wrestling uh, during lockdown. One of the, the big speaking points has been the Speaking Out movement. Now at time of recording, um, yes. the BBC have, have reported on it via their BBC sport channels. Uh, we now have... Uh, and a a group based in parliament that are putting an inquiry into it um but i'd like to get your thoughts on it because obviously you're very close with mariah and there's there's a lot going on with her at the moment that i think needs to be talked about some more as well
2: yes so with um with the speaking out movement it's been how to say it it's so hard to describe this you know
0: it was. A, it was. It was like somebody, and, and for for many, it's been a life. It's been a lifestyle for the longest of time. But it's almost as if wrestling opened the curtains, and and you yes, saw behind it, it for the first time.
2: Yeah, or somebody and broke I a think... dam,
0: and it was just all of a sudden, like everything was out there.
2: Yeah, it was really an eye opening. Eye opening moment for a lot of girls it just goes to show that um you know no matter how dandy sports may look or how handy or nice wrestling looks it really you know once you peel down the layers it's like an onion you know there's there's always gonna be a sometimes there'll sometimes there'll, there'll be a rotten core and now the idea of the speaking out movement now is to get rid of that rotten core Chuck that out and replace it with a new one, and 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 grow with that. That's well, that's how I can describe it. I think. But yeah, the women that came out so brave, so brave, and um, the justice that needs to be done. We're not we're not there yet, but I hope one day we will. Every single woman that that, that you know spoke out, or, and continuing and is continuing to do speak out as well. Hopefully, they will get their day in the justice and peace as well, when it comes to speaking out.
0: There is the the, the timing of it. There's is is kind of fortuitous in the sense that it all came about at a point where wrestling was at a full stop. So there was no danger of people being blacklisted or or or, or, or scrubbed from history because everything was at a standstill. And, which is a, no better time. You know, the best time to to, to fix a car is when it's pulled in and and uh, so the timing of it was incredible, but there's a few people who I've spoken to who are who are reluctant to go back once wrestling gets up and running again and i I know wrestling has been it's been your life and your blood since you were since you were eight years old watching it with your mum, and I don't know whether your your feelings towards getting back have changed
2: um with that like um I I have been, you know, here and there with it. Uh I do love wrestling. I don't want to lose that passion for wrestling. Um, I just I just want to see where wrestling lands first. Um and I wanna see the actual moves being made, which obviously BBC sport that that's amazing. That's what we need. Coverage, awareness being spread. Um, we need it we need we need an independent uh body that's important we need every company to have policies in place not not just google policies for for sports and copy paste onto the website and then call it a day i mean actual specific policies where it actually has meaning behind it not not just for for just, just not 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 just not just to please people, it's it's because you actually care. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's who I want to work for anyway. You know, um and a lot of com- some companies have come come to me and asked me questions, and I really appreciate that as well. In the sense where it's like you know, like some companies I'm asking to come wrestle for them. I said, hold on. Do you have any policies in place? Do you have any safeguarding policies in place? Do you have any COVID procedures yet? Some said yes. Some said no the people that said no I'd be like get it sorted <laughs> <laughs> um you know don't just um can't don't don't book shows unless you have stuff in place for safety or because if you don't have that in place then what's the point Picking out there was no point at
0: all is there any companies that you're you're personally impressed with the with the the strategy going forward
2: I'm very impressed with progress um Lucy's done a killer job with getting the policies together so shout out to her um i've been very impressed with um riptide i know behind the scenes like getting policies together um resurgence you know they're 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 getting stuff together like a lot of i know a lot of companies make that are getting stuff put together they're, they're not rushing that they they, they they want to make sure that that the wrestlers that going to be on their show are looked after first then the shows, all that will come afterwards. That's who I'm impressed by, so far. But there's so many. Like, there's, there, there's, there's there's so many in the works. You know, it's so it's so early to to, to even say um, we won't know until shows come back on, really, and or we, and we won't know until then if they've really applied themselves to making a change in wrestling.
0: As well as taking three wrestling yes. matches, you're allowed to take with you a movie, an album and a luxury item and it's nice to see what people's initial reactions are to do if i say to you if you can take a movie what movie would it be so what movie would it be Chikara?
2: easy ratatouille
0: <laughs> oh, nice underrated yeah, classic
2: exactly easy 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 choice for me ratatouille
0: what's made you fall in love with ratatouille
2: it's the best film ever. That's why. That's why. Right? And I, I don't need to explain myself to you. It's the best film ever. I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. you <laughs> nothing. Ratatouille is a great film. Great film. Best, great what's film. the best part food. of
0: Ratatouille? What's the best part?
2: Best part of Ratatouille. I think it would have to be. See, every part's the best bit. It's the thing, every part. I think I think my favourite bit, which was a really cute moment, is when um, when he caught, when the young chef, um, he caught him in the jar, and then he let him go, trusting him to come back, but then he ran off, and then he felt bad, looked at him looking sad, and ran back, and then from, from then on they started cooking and practising. Actually, but that part of the movie was really good, when they are in the toilet, and then he was on his head, and they are trying to figure out how to move with, with the hands and stuff, with the <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> every single, every single bit of that movie is brilliant.
0: So amazing. You've been, Have you been on the Have you been on the Ratatouille ride? I know there's one at Disneyland. I Paris. Oh, that's I so good. Oh, that's so good. I didn't
2: know but to go. I didn't know this existed until about
0: March. Oh, so it's brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. Um, how about an album? What would you take for an album?
2: Album. I'm not really an album girl. I, I I'm more like I listen, I listen to songs, and then if it's in the same album, then great. But let me see. Um, album, 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 album.
0: Oh, uh, do you know what? Oh, um, uh, geez, you put me in a spot in now. <laughs> yes, that's the plan. See, that's a, it's a funny one, like the album thing. I, I speak to a lot of people. They go. Oh, easy, mate. Oh, I got oh, it. There we go. I got it.
2: Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj recent an, um, album Majesty. Classic, oh, best
0: album. Love it. I thought you were going to say Nicky Pink Miller, Friday, Rocky and we album. were going to be united in uh, in love for Pink Friday. But uh...
2: every album Nick Minaj, is good. Every album's good, but that album was killer. I loved it.
0: <laughs> Which is the uh, best song on the album?
2: Uh, oh, there's too many. There's too many. That's the problem. I like Ganja Burn, I like um Chan Sway, um, I like Majesty, the Labyrinth. Um, probably my top three Chance Sway is a really good um song, um, Majesty is really good. Yeah, that, I think those two are my, one of my favorites from the album, but they're all good.
0: They're Incidentally, all good. is that how you pronounce? Is that how you pronounce Labyrinth? Is it Labyrinth? Because I've always called him Labyrinth. I feel bad now. Labyrinth? Labyrinth. I've always called labyrinth. him Labyrinth. <laughs> I, just assume, I just assume that we were all meant to remember the A, but we can pronounce it. But, but it makes sense to call him Labyrinth.
2: Do you know what? I think you're right, actually. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. See, I'm from just, I'm from London. You see, so I, so London people, we just say I think as quick as possible. So I say labyrinth <laughs>
0: quicker. But that's but you know know what I mean. Labyrinth would make more sense, though. I guess. Okay, but anyway, enough of yeah, that.
2: L A lab lab. Yeah, labyrinth. 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 Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: Well, I, I hope so, but <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, either way, either way, uh, a luxury item. What would you like to take as a luxury? So is this something that maybe means something to you, something that bring you comfort while on the desert island, uh, maybe a, a, a bit of tech or or something to make life more convenient for you? What would you, what would you like your luxury item to be? My laptop. Nice. And my, can I have my charger as well? Uh, yeah, go on then. You can bring your charger. <laughs> Otherwise, you can only have a laptop yeah. for two hours. Exactly. I have my laptop, 100% my laptop. Uh, away from browsing the uh, internet, what sort of stuff do you do with your laptop?
2: Uh, I watch a lot of Twitch, Fortnite, nailed it. So you know
0: me already, mate. You <laughs> <know> me already. <laughs> who do you like on Twitch? Who are you enjoying the work of on Twitch?
2: Uh, I love Booger. I love Benji Fishy. I love um, all of those people. All the Fortnite streamers. I love all of them. I don't care who it is. And Longstream <laughs> stream, of Fortnite, I don't care. They're all good. All really cool people. Um, it's like a little community that I love.
0: It's something, it's something, isn't it, about how we've all become not so much interested in playing games, but watching people play games. Like, I'm fascinated by it, because I'm the same. I yeah. love watching people play games rather than playing them.
2: Yeah, like, back in the day, I used to watch a lot of FIFA. I can never f- play it, though. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it a lot. Like I used to watch, I used to watch KSI watch it and um, play it a lot. Back in the day, like years and years ago, when KSI was playing FIFA, and that was a really big thing. Back in the day, like Nepenthes um he's watching play FIFA. I actually, actually had a, actually bought a PS Vista, um to play it on, and yeah, I played it for like a day, and then forgot about it.
0: <laughs> and then you just thought, I just want to watch. I just want to watch KSI play it instead.
2: Exactly. Yeah, because they're good at it. So you're thinking, all right, cool, amazing. Like I can <laughs> t-
0: pretend I'm playing or something. I can live vicariously through KSI, who's storming it. Exactly, it's it is so way
2: better though. You know what? You know when you're, you know when you're in bed, you're watching some games, relaxed. I love that.
0: Next week on Desert Island Graps, we're joined by indie star and recent star of AEW, Dark Puff.
1: I had a kind of awkward moment with him where I was like, "Hey, man, we've never, we've never met before." But man, you're cool. I like you. I <laughs> like I can tell his reaction, that it didn't come off the way I was trying to say it.
0: So we've come to your final match for your DVD. So we've had Undertaker and Kane uh in the Inferno match. Beautiful people versus ODB and Gail Kim from TNA. What would you like your last match to be, Chikara?
2: Right. I think. See, I was just, I was a bit I was a bit back and forth with this one, right? But i thought to improve myself as a wrestler right let's just say i get rescued right from the um from the desert island. right so i'm I'm, I'm making my own sort of story up here now how about i watch one of my own matches that i enjoyed so i would like to watch myself versus conor mills
0: and here we go our first singles match of the night crowd hyped and ready for this one Kicking that hand out of the way. That is very surprising. They both trained at the same school. They know each other very well at Knuckle Locks. As we begin with the Coronado, we tie up here. As we say other names trained here include Chuck Mambo, Scott Trevay, and Shakara already holding her arm here. You have to wonder if this match goes, you know, goes the distance, how much that's going to really affect her. And a takedown there. Ashkara grabbing on to the waist. And the first big move yeah. and momentum goes to Shikara. And you see her there showing off her pythons.
2: Yeah. I was actually meant to be Connie Mill versus Candy Floss, but she couldn't do it because of her toe. Um, so therefore, I stepped in and it ended up being one of my favorite matches of that year. And it really boosted my confidence a lot. I, from then on, I had some really cool matches from that match on and um yeah i think connor really gave me that boost i needed and i felt i felt i felt i felt i felt felt, felt the package that day you know i came in last minute and we killed it and that's what made me
0: really push myself following from that match as well Uh, how much in the way of uh, intergender wrestling had you done up until that match with connor Mills?
2: Not many. That's the thing. Not many at all, really. I did, I did maybe two beforehand, maybe. Um, from that match, I had a I had some. I had a ma- banger of Elijah. We had some match with DeRees. Um, and that was, that was all from resurgence, and that all came off the back from my match with Connor Mills.
0: And uh, what is it you feel? in terms of putting together um, an intergender match, like what changes in the process of building a match like that?
2: Um, so, like in like last minute sort of thing. Yeah. Um well it's, see I'm 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 a nervous wreck me regardless way I, I could have 10 hours to do a match and I'll still be nervous but um we had about an hour and I and we were both late because traffic so it was very much a 10 minute thing but he I sort of knew what he did he knew what I did so we just sort of was like like, so it's just, yeah, yeah, put that there and i would be kind of cool. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh, duh, duh. Like I hit a power powerbomb midair. That was kind of cool. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I planned that all within 10 minutes. Like that could have gone awful. Do you know what I mean? But the timing was perfect. Um, and it was nerve wracking, but I knew, I've known Connor for, for years. So my confidence with him was 100%. And he looked after me out there. We did a great job. We were both well. And it, it was, and the, the crowd loved it. And, that's, and this, as long as they love it. I'm happy.
0: Who would be a dream opponent for you, both uh, male and female? <sighs> Jeff Hardy. Velvet Sky. Amazing. Nice. Just,
2: just to say that, I've done it.
0: Have you, have you had any contact with the beautiful people? Because I know they're a big influence on you.
2: No, but if you, if you want to ask them, then say that, hey, like, Chikara really likes you and... Well, look, I've
0: reached out like... to them to do Desert Island Grab, so if they get back, I will certainly hook you up.
2: Yeah, just be like, hi, Chikara really likes you guys, and you really, you, you inspired her to be a wrestler, and she just gone to PWA 500, yada, yada, yada. So, And you're the reason for it, you know, really like, lay in thick.
0: I'll, I'll, make, I'll make a promise to you now, I'll make a promise to you now, if I end up getting any of the beautiful people on Desert Island Graps, I will add you to the call.
2: Yes, just for two minutes, just I for promise. I t- say, for I as long as you need, I'll
0: just shut up, I'll add you to the call, and you guys could go off. That'll be fine
2: yes brilliant i'll interview them for you oh, i'll be part of culture even better even better mate yeah you nailed it be I, I i even took my app name from jacara to Jukara cultaholic holic uh, i, legit. Hey, I you- have my own show jakara holic
0: i'll pitch it Just, i'm girls. telling
2: you right i could change the whole the game the whole game ChakaraHolic. <laughs> write that down